Well, hello, Chucksters. It's good to have you back. It's good to be back. We've had quite a summer, and we are ready to go into season three of Chucked. Hard to believe we're at season three already. Three. It is amazing how time flies, and a half an hour flies by, too, when you're doing a podcast, and we've got a lot to talk about. Half an hour flies when you're talking. Yes, it does. The relativity of time is when when you're the person listening, a half an hour seems forever. When you're the person talking, it's amazing how quickly it goes, especially from a stage. And uh, we just a lot to talk about. We were just saying, you know, LeBron left. Oh, we could talk about that. Um, you know, the for us, the situation that's happened in one of our mentor churches, Willow Creek Community Church, and the leadership summit and everything that happened there. There was there was just so much there. Um, the ongoing leadership challenges of our nation. And what's going on there? The Catholic Church. Oh, I didn't think it could get any worse than it's been in the last 20 years. And now it's it's just, uh, we are definitely seeing the end of the church as we know it. The church is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's The church of Jesus is amazing, but uh, it'll be, it gets redefined. Uh, so we could talk about that. And then, of course, for us as Buckeye fans, uh, the situation with Urban Meyer this summer, we're going to start with that. And go from there. But they all have leadership in common, which is uh, a just a renovated, rejuvenated, resurrected passion of ours around here. We, it hit us a couple years ago. My gosh, we have lost our leadership development engine, an engine that develops people who develop people who develop people. And so that's why you hear so much about leadership at Southbrook now is we want to get better as leaders. We want to develop people. And then here comes an evidence of how challenging it is to lead in this era. You you mess up. I'll frame the discussion a little bit. You mess up at a Big Ten media day by answering a question that wasn't asked. He gave the answer to another question. And he gave an answer to a question that wasn't asked, but the one he'd been pre- prepared to answer by Jerry Emig and Gene Smith. And Boom. An explosion happens. Now, I'm not saying that Urban wasn't at fault, but I I do know that he gave the wrong answer to the wrong question. It is my fear that someday in front of a thousand people at Southbrook, I'm going to say something that's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just, it's an amazing era we live in, isn't it, Austin? Well, you have a, what's the thing you talk about? Um... It's not that you're expected to be perfect, but you're expected to be perfect in this area to that person, this area and that person. Then, accumulatively, you better be perfect. You're, you you better be, be perfect. perfect. You do, and that's I, I think that's a little bit of Urban's thing. Was yeah, he was perfect in a lot of ways. Um, he he met standards in a lot of ways, and um, there was one little way he didn't. Yeah, and. Uh, I uh, probably should have fired Zach Smith a while ago. He yeah. probably was biased yeah. because of Earl Bruce. Yeah. But um wasn't didn't didn't meet the standards that were set. Yeah, that, and it's, you know it's similar in that way uh to Joe Paterno. Yeah. Joe Paterno was painted to be so evil. I I I think it's easy to stroke those broad brushes and he made mistakes. He mm-hmm. did. Boy, you can't make the mistakes he made and not get painted far more devilish than you actually are. And I think that happened with Urban. And you had people like 
Feinbaum, who 10 minutes after the story came out, was already judge, jury, and executioner. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and we want to say right off, being Ohio State fans, and, and I know Urban Meyer somewhat. I don't know him well. Uh, I'm biased. Mm-hmm. There's no question I'm biased. I'm biased for coaches and leaders too, though. Like That's why in the Joe Paterno thing, it's like, oh, man, wait a minute. This guy's no saint, but he's being painted far worse. Uh, Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State was, I mean, uh, I don't know him personally. He grew up in the same area I did, but I know people who know him. High character guy. Boy, that whole situation. He got painted, right, mm-hmm. with a really broad brush. And so I am biased for leaders because in this era, well, I, I think a lot of leaders don't have as much control as people think they do either. Um, if if you wanted to make some various decision and just change some aspect of Southbrook just right now, you couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. No, people <laughs> but, think I but, could, but about you know six to eight thousand people think you could. Yeah, exactly. And so if that one thing goes wrong, that's on you yeah. because you have the power change that right so i think that the d'antoni's the, the you know or the paternos or myers um there is an accountability there but they don't control everything and to just to, and just to um i mean you know there's accountability but uh that's not all up to them uh yeah a- so yeah it's, it's funny because one of the things that's frustrating about my position is the, the surest formula for frustration is when you have accountability without the necessarily capacity to execute the responsibility, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that to me is frustrating. So if, if people knew how many things around here, I would change, they'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because I intentionally, I mean, for me, you know, I err on the side of letting authority go. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, you got to live with that, right? You got to live with things not being done the way you would do them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, all you have control over is what will be talked about three months from now. That's really it is. <laughs> I mean, Urban I mean, Meyer, really in reality, exactly. what does he really? Because everything else you have to collaborate on. Yeah. What does he have control over? Uh, you know, today probably how practice will go. Saturday, what call, plays will be called. Uh, in February, who they're going to recruit. Yeah. I mean, really, he the doesn't, co- he doesn't have any staff, other say. The, probably what he got held accountable for was he does have, he did have, I don't know that he will in the future. Mm-hmm. He had say over who he hired. Even that, I mean, okay, or you want to fire this guy. Why do you want to fire him? Well, this X, Y, and Z. Whoa, we well, can't have sure, that out. Yeah, yeah. We can't, you know, I mean, there's even, there's even things at that level where it's yeah. like, no, we, as, as the perfect Ohio State University, we can't have that out there. Just keep it quiet. We'll, we'll, which I think happened a lot. Yeah. I think that did happen. Uh, I think, I think uh, Gene Smith and Urban Meyer did fall on the sword in that way. Um, but that's how so it goes. So let's talk about, because in Ohio, whether you're an Ohio State fan or not, and, and I, I've just, again, I can't, emphasize it enough that uh, I'm biased so I'm not objective about this I've ethically morally sociologically I'm incredibly objective so I'll be a good sounding board <laughs> yeah, for you okay. especially when it comes okay, to Ohio whatever, sports whatever <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah umbrella of grace continue there. okay um, so admitting that right off mm-hmm. uh, let's talk for our Chucksters what are the lessons that we've learned from this that is also somewhat we can then have the freedom to interject the Catholic Church 
Willow Creek Community Church. Um, gosh, you know, stop right there, you know those. But what are the lessons as you've as you've gone through this as an Ohio State fan and as a leader this summer? You start. What's what's your my first feeling over the uh, over the Meyer thing, um, and I guess it, it it certainly it blankets. I mean, anything else that goes on in um, popular culture today, which is social media in that um, just boulder, you know, snowball effect just coming down a hill, and that there that we're really complicated people dealing with other really complicated people about things that get us very emotionally worked up. And so, I think 300 years ago, people knew this. A thousand years ago, people knew this. <laughs> that we're really complicated and we're dealing with really emotional things. So, emotionally charged things. So, we should probably come up with a, a law that says this is what's right, this is what's wrong. Because there's so much gray here. And what we know is what we will judge. What we see, what we hear, and what we have facts where we will judge. Everything else, it has to be left, it just has to be left alone. Social media is, 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 a, is, a, is a gray area. It is, it's, it's, it's a world of gray. And these are, very, these are things that, that, I mean, gosh, these are really complicated things. And so just to leave justice to... Uh, megaphones and and whatnot. No one gets justice at that. Meyer's reputation is 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 ruined now until well until the next scandal comes out probably. In, well, but it's probably sports. forever part of his Wikipedia page, so to speak. Yeah. Not that he cares about Wikipedia page, but there's yeah. a black mark. Yeah, there. there's a black mark. Um, so he doesn't get justice, and the Courtney Smiths don't get justice. Whatever happened there? I mean, I, I don't know what happened with how you know what happened with Zach Smith and Courtney Smith. Who's to blame? Probably both of them, because last I checked, there are two people in a marriage, not one. But she doesn't get justice either. You know, I mean, her kids' lives are ruined. I mean, they're 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 incredibly stained. I can, I mean, I guarantee you that their therapist bill in fifteen years will be, you know, gargantuan probably from all this. Um, so, but it was there was a choice to go to the media with it, and you can't just deal with things that. I mean, justice is judgment is black and white. It's either this or it's that. You know, that's the conclusion of justice of judgment and. Um, I don't think that can be left up to just who is shouting the loudest and who has the most ven- vengeance towards whoever, you know, cause this is, that's all it was. It was did the people that support, uh, uh, the Courtney Smith side or the anti Ohio state side have a louder voice than the Ohio state side, mm-hmm. the pro Meyer side. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think we see in this, it just comes out like, well, Courtney Smith didn't get any justice. Well, Zach Smith's, who knows who he is? Probably, you know, a, a, a scumbag. Urban, he, I mean, we have facts now, but those were useless the whole time. Why? I don't know. So I think that's my first takeaway is that you can't, um, that there's a reason that um, there's a judge and there's a jury and there are attorneys and there, there are places where this should take place yeah and it's not in a big public forum 
Yeah, and that's why that is. Uh, the narrative is established before the facts come out. Mm-hmm. And then places like ESPN, they they uh, then they do things to support their narrative they've already established. Mm-hmm. I have a number of things. I look at it from a leadership standpoint. The thing that comes to my mind is is from a leadership standpoint, uh, you are so defined by the people around you. And uh, for whatever reason, when we when we tolerate behaviors that do not coincide with our organization's values that will that will detrimentally affect you and the organization eventually it's not measles that goes away it's cancer that gets worse without direct attention and that's one of the things about this that i i'm very confident that he's going again is for whatever reasons that he tolerated zach smith's behaviors which were clearly just not professional Mm -hmm. Uh, eventually you're de- you're defined by that too, and mm-hmm. so that was a that was a huge takeaway, a reminder again. I've never ever liked having to let someone go. I've never regretted doing it somewhat quickly. I've always regretted taking too long to do it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one time I had to let someone go and the the individual said this was so quick and i said you know what the former me would have tried to fix this and fix you and fix this and fix you and you'd still be employed here and we'd all be miserable but now we we need to, we need to we need to go different directions hate i hate that but boy i've never as painful as it is to let someone you love go i mean i don't I've never let anyone go that I didn't love. Mm-hmm. I've I've just never regretted doing it. If if it was compassionate, if it was if it was direct, it was still a high cost to myself, to the individual, to the family. But it it uh, it's a huge reminder. You're defined by the people around you. Mm. What else? What's another takeaway for you? Uh, I think the and maybe it goes in line with the tails off of what I said earlier but the how the crowd can get so self-righteous with things and i think it's a great reminder just for me and 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 how i look at things how i talk about things how i look and and talk about people uh my my world is is the the amount of self-righteousness that comes out in all these things that these people are shouting this and that I, you know, so much of the time of any, you know, you know, I mean, how many of the guys that are reporting about this or, and women too are married, but have a four, three to five day a week porn habit. I mean, like, I just, like, I just, and and we're, and we're all of a sudden just mad that this guy ordered some sex toys. Whole cat. I mean, who, who's, who's, you know, I know, I know. But you're the judge here. Yeah, I know. It's. And I have found that people who respond most vociferously to these situations, it's because they're feeling judged. Hmm. It's because their sin is being found out. Found out here. Hmm. I mean, I've de- I mean, in the position that I'm in, there have been times where I don't think people realize what they are. I already know about them. Mm-hmm. And so their response to the situation, 
oh my gosh, do you realize how you're revealing, you know? Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Uh, Zach situation. Smith is is, an, is a naked microcosm of America. <laughs> the American, oh, yeah, absolutely. The Smiths is. in general, I mean, yeah. to, to what it sounds like if, I mean, yeah. gosh, if Courtney Smith's mom is saying she's a liar, I mean, that's, that's, I was all for looking, you know, I'm a Christian before I'm a Buckeye fan. So I'm, are you I really, mean, are you sure? I, some days, <laughs> not on Saturdays between noon and four, but, um, but you know, but you know when she, her, her mom came out and said, you know that you can't trust either of, I just I think I think their, their marriage is just a is a is a is an example of this the explosive nature of of selfishness and um, self centeredness. Um, but we've seen through the facts, you know, of things that uh, gosh, they they didn't love each other. I, I don't think very well, and unfortunately, their kids were the ones that are taking the biggest hit from all this. But um, but I mean, just the yeah the. I mean, his, you know, sexual shenanigans that went on. And um, I think, yeah, I think it's just a, it's a microcosm of what goes on in so many, most American households. So when I, when I saw just the jumping on them and shaming the people that the Ohio State fans that shamed the Cordy Smiths, that, you know, the yeah. vice versa, it's just like, I don't think, are we really this far? <laughs> are yeah. you guys really this far beyond this? Yeah. Well, let me go off that. Here's another takeaway with me. Whenever something comes out about something I care about, you know, it's just a hobby slash passion, mm-hmm. uh, recreation, diversion of mine. It could be Formula One racing. It could be IndyCar racing. It could be Jaws. It could be Buckeye football. I mean, all these zillions of passions I have. Sharks. Mm-hmm. Anything, something comes out and it's uh, there's a huge dust up. So this situation, the Buckeyes, it reminds me of what's important. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can, re- I could, but for the grace of God, there go I. I am that guy who's just totally. My hope is in Saturday afternoons. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. How uh, we used to joke about football in the South and Ohio being religion. It is. It truly is people's salvation. It is where they get their identity. And I get that because that's where I would be if my identity wasn't in Christ. I, that that's totally where it would be, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So when this happens, I I just okay. This this is what matters. We just came out of a session with Joe Knopp, who was one of the executive producers of I Can Only Imagine. We just did a provoke session this morning, and and Joe told his story, which is so powerful. Growing up as an orphan, now he's a producer. And then he went into, Scott asked him, Scott McGowan asked him, what's your next project? And he said, uh, a, a movie that I've been following in production is called Unplanned. And it's about a Christian girl who grows up and she thinks, I can change Planned Parenthood. She goes into Planned Parenthood, she realizes what's really going on, she's not going to change it. Mm-hmm. And I've been following it because it's really... It, it, it's really they couldn't they can get they could get a-listers to do some of their other movies but they couldn't get a-listers to touch this and i you know listening to joe's like man that's what i care about mm-hmm. that's what really matters and how can i frame that narrative through a biblical framework not a political one People listening to me right now are probably upset that I even brought up abortion because it's a political issue, right? No. It's a life issue. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of life. and So this whole thing comes up. You know that, I, I mean, I've told you, when, when the Duke lacrosse situation came up a number of years ago and those boys were 
they they were convicted in the public forum, mm-hmm. mainly through ESPN. They they had them guilty, and found come find out they weren't guilty of rape. They weren't. And then ESPN did a thirty for thirty on how the media convicted them wrongly in the media, and I was like, okay, I'm losing my patience for this entertainment and sports programming network, and. And then this, I think it happened, the same thing happened with, with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. I do, I think. And I, and I can feel what that would be like to be convicted in the media. And so I just, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. I don't mm-hmm. need that voice when I have things that I need to deal with that are really important. And that's caring for men and women who are considering, have had an abortion. That's what matters. And so for me, these kinds of things are very clarifying. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I can get really emotionally involved in whether Ohio State gets in the playoff or not. And I, you know, I can, I can get, I can start on that. Uh, man, in the scheme of things, it doesn't matter. What really matters is the Zach and Courtney Smiths who need grace and salvation to be set free from their fears and resentments. That's what. That's what matters. So um, it's a huge takeaway for me. I get the Lord almost slaps me in the face every once in a while. I say, okay, see, you get all worked up about this. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's good that I go through a period of just quieting all that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I this is it's like this issue hasn't worked me up as much just because I haven't listened. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not listening. To ESPN, I don't watch it. I, I'm not. Lis- I'm not listening. The only thing I'll listen to Columbus Radio every once in a while in the mornings, you know, on my way to mm-hmm. work out or whatever. But I'm not. And it's been refreshing. And then I hear mm-hmm. Joe talk today and and about this movie that's coming out in March. And I want to be a part of that. You know, I want to be a part of that. And I go, okay. This is what matters. Mm-hmm. You know, had had I not found Christ and committed my life to Him, my my casket would have been draped in an Ohio State logo, and I've told the church that. Mm-hmm. It scares me how closely I would have been to that person. You know, mm-hmm. anything else? Anything else that for you is a takeaway from this? We could go on and on for these events that hit us personally. I don't think so. I do. I do. I, I, I share a sentiment with that. Um, that thought, uh, not as um, existentially as you put it, but more in an immediate sense of the coming season, fall, where um, I'm kind of thinking through everything that happened with Urban Meyer. That um, you know, that Buckeye football isn't urban. You know, it isn't even. Um, it isn't a championship. It isn't, it isn't, you know, it isn't, it's, it's deeper than all that. It's family. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's Saturdays in the fall, um, singing Carmen Ohio with you, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that's like, that's Buckeye football. And, and so, yeah, I think again, not as, you know, um, it, it's, it didn't come to that place of uh, thought uh, applying it to my existence, but with, with particularly Buckeye football, I just thought you know, there's, you know, no matter what happens here, I, uh, I still have that, and that's, and I still have what's bigger than any of this, and, um, and I mean, you know, I, th- I think the, I guess there, there's the last thing would be the the, um, the filter of scripture to run, 
any given situation through because it's just really muddy, as you said. I don't watch ESPN, um, but you know, I just not having that and not and looking through life. I mean, I was thinking the other day. Um, so like, it's not like you know. Uh, it's not like he's having trouble getting this out. <laughs> so here, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. I think it's a problem if you know if you go through your day and you haven't uttered the words Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form. I think you. I think you're. I think you're the serious Christian problem there with you. If you go through mm, your day and Christ you don't follower, yeah. utter the words Jesus Christ in some way, not in a cursing way. That doesn't count. Um, as I know many of you probably would, but um, I think that's a serious problem, and that's not the 614th law. And I'm—I I don't mean that in that way. I mean it as in, what are you reading? What are you praying out loud? What, what scripture are you praying out loud? What, what what are you saying to other people? What conversations are you having? Because I could say Urban Meyer so much more than Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think I think what what is dominating my thought. Um, I think that that's that's another big takeaway is um, yeah. the, how superficial things like that can can take away what's really important when uh, um, whether it's in a conversation with someone else by myself words have power words are really powerful I think Paul thought words are really powerful speaking them out loud and I think it's really important if um, it's some serious self examination if you go through your day and not say those, those yeah well name. John even said no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Spirit. So what was he was like, wait a minute. I said, Jesus is Lord. It means I have the Holy Spirit. What he was saying was, is in that culture, if the Lordship of Christ is so important to you, you're willing to say it out loud in that culture. It'd be like saying it in Hollywood today, you know, standing on a street corner in Hollywood and saying, Jesus is Lord. You know, you just, whoa, you, you, you must mean it. For you to be willing to say it in that culture, Caesar is not Lord, Jesus is Lord. You must, so words are not just the reflection of our heart, they are the direction of our heart. Mm-hmm. How, how we use words all, uh, says where we want to head. It's as James said, it's the rudder on a ship, it's the, it's the bit of the bridle of the horse. Mm-hmm. It directs the whole ship, the horse, the big horse, uh, it, you know, disproportionate to the size, little, the little bit. And the bridle is not very big mm-hmm. compared to a 2,000-pound horse. And, and you're right. I, I mean, I think that's what I was getting at with, you You know, okay, what matters again? I need every once in a while, I need things filtered out so mm-hmm. that I know here's what really matters and, and what I get worked up about and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. We, uh, what do we have coming up? What, what are some things coming up? Especially well, with regard to Rutgers, this <laughs> Rutgers, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Dag on 3.30 games. Why, Kate, why do they have to do this 3.30? Don't they know that's right in the middle of Saturday night church? <laughs> Gosh. Oh, man. That was my great sacrifice for Jesus was starting Saturday night services. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, that's not going to make me a, a candidate for the Hebrews mm. 11 Hall of Faith right there. But <laughs> Jesus, and, and by faith, Charlie gave up his Saturday nights. Um, uh. But uh, we have that coming up, and then Provoke is hitting a whole nother level. You know, we've developed these Pizza Paul and Marys, and I just want to remind everyone, you know, the today we talked about it. I'll be teaching at noon at Austin Landing, uh, free Dewey's Pizza, but also we're in Mark chapter 9, and it's just a great environment, great uh, people are a part of that. 
some really incredible people are a part of that community, and uh, I'm just I'm very excited about where Provoke as a leadership development engine, as an engine to recreate Dayton, is going and doing our little part in that, and mm-hmm. uh, we're very excited. But this weekend, I start a series that'll run up to Christmas on the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest really? sermon in history. It's yeah, a long series. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. If all we had was Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we would know what it is to live in the kingdom of God. That's all we had. Um, Similar to like I've said before about Romans 8. If you had Romans 8, you'd know what it is to live in the Holy Spirit. If you have, uh, you know, similarly, if you had Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So I'm going to be walking us through that uh, in the next few uh, months and very excited about that. Excited to be back with our Chucksters. Uh, we appreciate those of you who say, hey, I listen to Chuck. We see the Chucked t-shirts around town a lot mm-hmm. and it warms our hearts. We're not the only two and our I, and our and our mother and grandmother. That I see not so the, many women wearing them and I know for a fact they none of them listen. There's no way. I, I, oh, I, I, I really, don't know. I mean, I, I, really I, think, I get, I, well, maybe so, I really maybe so. But Women don't listen to this, and I see a lot of women wearing it. I think that we sold them for well, a good cause. And there we go. <laughs> at least they're wearing our shirts. Yeah. They hear our words, but they're wearing our shirts. So until next time, next week, and uh, we promise to say Jesus more than Urban Meyer, uh, we will see you on Chucked. <laughs>